Welcome to Human Rights Matters, where we discuss matters of human rights because your rights matter. This week, we'll discuss the forced eviction of 5,000 Kenyans from their homes in Kariobunji, Kenya. We'll be speaking with Ruth Mumbi, a community organizer and social activist involved in issues around class and economic oppression within low-income areas in Kenya, who has a rich history and record in defending vulnerable women and youth. Ruth is the founder of Bunji Lawamama Masiani, translated to mean washerwoman. It is a grassroots movement amplifying the voices of women involved in domestic work. She has been a leading voice on the oppression of marginalized groups and individuals living in poverty, experiencing injustices related to conflict, sexuality, gender, reproductive health, and sexual and gender-based violence. In 2015, Ruth was part of a successful civil lawsuit against the Kenyan government, challenging the decision of the Director of Medical Services to withdraw safety guidelines on women's reproductive rights. Her activism in Kenya has earned her international recognition as a human rights defender. Ruth, thank you for joining us. And please tell us a little bit about these evictions that have taken place. Um, uh, last week on uh, Saturday, uh, the government through uh, Nairobi Water Company, which is a government parastato, uh, they gave uh, a 24-hour uh, notice uh, for uh, slum dwellers who are living in a village called Karyobangi Siwaraj village. Uh, this village had uh, was a home for over uh, 5,000 people, and uh, they were given for 24 hours to have vacated uh, the place. Uh, the government uh, says that uh, they have uh, encroached uh, the land illegally, but uh, according to what we were able to establish, uh, these people were uh, allocated that land legally. Uh, by the same government through the Nairobi City County. They have been uh, paying land rates and uh, uh, they have even allotment letters which comes uh, from uh, the government, which, which is uh, a legal document that shows ownership of that land. How long have uh, evictions been taking place? Have there been evictions in the past? And not as far as I can remember, it is. It, it has been uh, quite uh, some time since uh, I had about. Uh, we have uh, seen uh, edition, uh, eviction such as the ones that occurred in uh, Karobangi. Uh, yes. Obviously, this case takes on a sense of urgency, uh, given the current, you know, coronavirus pandemic. Have there been any arrangements to provide alternative shelter uh, for the people that have been evicted? Uh, it is uh, really sad because uh, the government, uh, by the time they were evicting uh, these people, uh, they had not even uh, 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 put into measure of uh, temporary shelter where these uh, people could occupy. And as you say, that we are, uh, we are grappling with uh, uh, a global pandemic that has and uh, uh, we have been there, there has been uh, a clarion called all over the world even our own government has been telling us to to stay at home uh, to uh, to practice uh, social distance 
and uh, to keep on uh, uh, washing hands uh, uh, after every every minute uh, to observe high standard of hygiene. But uh, it's very unfortunate and it is very sad and uh, to see the same government evicting uh, uh, these people at this time when everybody else uh, should be staying indoors, should be staying at home. And then also to bring into perspective, uh, at the moment we are in a partial lockdown where we have uh, uh, a dusk to dawn curfew uh, and uh, there is, you can't even go beyond Nairobi. Uh, Nairobi, it's, uh, uh, it's unaccessible because of, uh, of this curfew that's supposed to last, that has almost, uh, supposed to last for uh, 90 days because they have extended it to uh, 21 more days. And uh, this basically translates that anybody or any occupant of that land who was outside Nairobi by the time they were coming to demolish, didn't even have ample time uh, to come home and salvage his or her belongings. So uh, we are still yet to understand what the urgency was, because at this time, at this moment, uh, this is something that they could have uh, put uh, 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 on hold until we are able to fight this pandemic, but that was not the case. Well, that brings me to ask, what happens to people that are caught outside after 7 p.m. curfew and they have no uh, shelter or lodging to go to? Uh, Reggie, uh, uh, we, we, we live in a very, very militarized, uh, uh, militarized uh, uh, country. And in fact, it has become even more militarized after the coronavirus, whereby if we are found outside uh, after after 7 p.m. when uh, the uh, when uh, the the police are implementing the laws, uh, the curfew laws, then you find sometimes there has been a lot of. Uh, uh, um, a lot of force that police have been using, uh, beating a civilian. To some extent, we have also seen they even are using live bullets. And it's unfortunate that even children have been caught in this crossfire. We saw an 11-year-old boy losing his life while playing on the balcony of their home during uh, uh, during this time of the coronavirus. So evicting these people at this time, uh, 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 I think the government uh, need uh, to be held accountable for that because you can't evict people at this time. Then when you find them outside, you also brutalize them. And yet you are the ones who have taken uh, the place that they have known to be home for the last uh, for the last of 15 years or so. Do these residents pay any rent or levies um, to the government to occupy the property? Yes. Uh, they gain uh, possession. There is some uh, amount of money that they pay government, uh, and then. Yearly, they do pay annual uh, land rates uh, that's supposed to go to to the to the uh, to the county government, and uh, and uh, that basically shows that uh, these people were there legally. They had not encroached that land because uh, if the government was receiving land rates, why were then they receiving land rates from these people 
and yet they claim that they have encroached the land illegally. Those are some of the questions that uh, the government has shied off from answering. Do you know what the cost of the levies that they pay to be able to occupy the property? Yes. I think, uh, I'm not quite sure, but I think it should translate to uh, 70 uh, USD or 80 USD. That's approximately 8,500 um, shilling uh, Kenyan currency, is that correct? Yes. I know a court injunction barring the eviction was disregarded. Is there any more direction from the court at this time? Uh, at the moment, uh, uh, there isn't, but I've, uh, 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 the landowners have gone uh, back to court to demand the government to compensate them for the, for, the, for, the, for the loss that they went through. The Kenya Ministry of Lands um, has a document um, called the Eviction and Resettlement Guidelines. Yes. Have the Ministry of Lands been involved in these evictions or have they commented on the manner in which the evictions um, have been conducted uh, what 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 we have seen we have seen because uh, uh, Nairobi water and sewerage company because it's a company that uh, does uh, uh, supposed to see that uh, Nairobians have a proper sanitation and uh, it, it it falls under the Ministry of uh, water uh, we have seen uh, the uh, uh, the the CS. Uh, the CS uh, of, uh, of water uh, 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 on the ground uh, during uh, uh, these evictions. But uh, the Ministry of Land hasn't uh, come out clearly to, to say anything about it. And I, I don't know the reason as to why they, uh, they are still uh, silent um, about the matter. They have not said anything about the evictions. They have not said anything about uh, about uh, uh, these residents occupying that land uh, legally. They are still they are still silent on that matter. Is there any effort to bring this matter back uh, to the courts? Uh, yes, yes. I know the civil society of Kenya is trying to organize these people so that they can uh, take the matter back to court. Uh, and also organize uh, the tenants who had occupied, uh, who had occupied those houses, to see how they can be uh, compensated. Because honestly, there was uh, a lapse in terms of uh, implementing the evictions uh, law, and uh, somebody somewhere need to be held accountable for that. You can't make people uh, poor people. Uh, to uh, to uh, to become even more vulnerable to uh, to this pandemic because uh, you you, uh, you you think of it only profit and you know yes. What was the reason given by the Nairobi uh, City Water and Sewage Company why it was such an urgent um, issue to move these residents um, in such a short notice? Uh, the excuse that they said, they said that uh, they want to expand uh, um, uh, uh, that uh, the sewerage farm because uh, uh, the Nairobi population is growing uh, rapidly, that uh, that they need um, 
a bigger a bigger a bigger plant so uh, the reason uh, they they evicted these people because uh, this land before it used to be a sewerage system but it was trans uh, it was uh, relocated to another area because of the same reasons of uh, anaerobic growing rapidly population becoming high so they had to uh, to move that plantation to another area and then, yeah, so they, they came with an excuse that uh, they want to refurbish uh, the new uh, system, but um, uh, for that, for them to refurbish that, uh, they, they needed a temporary uh, plant uh, where all the sewerage and uh, uh, all, all, all the sewerage would, would go to. You sound a bit skeptical about the uh, reasons given. Are there any plans? Do they have plans to start construction anytime soon? Um, they may not have any plans right at this moment, do they? Uh, yes and no, because at the moment, because in fact, even today I was there on the ground and uh, I've seen that they have already started building a perimeter wall, which is almost uh, coming to completion. So, so after that, uh, I don't know whether, because uh, now, you, uh, after that, you, nobody will be able to access that land. You don't know whether they they will they will implement uh, the purported uh, development and refurbishment that they were talking about. I know you've received uh, threats based on your activism. Tell us about why you became involved and what sort of threats you've been receiving based on your involvement in this issue? Uh, since day one of the evictions, I've, uh, together with other comrades and uh, my colleagues, uh, we have always been on the ground. We had gone there to monitor how the situation was and uh, what uh, we realized and uh, what we saw were desperate uh, pictures. Uh, there was a uh, hopelessness, and especially to women and uh, young and teenage mothers who used to occupy uh, 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 houses in that, uh, in, that, in that village. And uh, these people, uh, I think even the timing of these evictions was quite unfair to these uh, people. Because it came uh, at that point, they had already paid a rent. And these people are people who work in the informal work. They are casual laborers. A majority of women living in that uh, village, they do domestic uh, work in, uh, in, 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 in the finest estate in, in the country. And currently, uh, because of uh, the corona pandemic, uh, they had al already lost uh, their jobs because no one uh, would, wanted to have a stranger or a person coming from the ghetto going to their home, homes to work for them because they thought that they will increase their vulnerability at, uh, of contracting the, the virus. So uh, at this point, these women, they didn't have even a single cent to uh, to, uh, to to rent out another place. So, for us as a, a, a human rights activist, and I leading this process, because the only thing that I have it's uh, that voice. The only thing or instrument that I have is social media, another uh, media, uh, another platforms to expose whatever was happening in in that village. So, uh, through the consent that I had asked these women. 
I started documenting their story, recording their stories, recording their plight, and I will post the plight on my social media account. And uh, through the support that we received, uh, overwhelming support uh, that we received from Kenyans, because uh, uh, these women were asking for food, they were asking for basic uh, needs, uh, like sanitation. They were even asking for rent, which is like uh, 30, 30, 30 USD. So Kenyans of Goodwills came together. Uh, they started uh, uh, contributing towards that cause. And through those donations that we got, uh, we were able, uh, uh, or rather I was able to relocate more than uh, 15 families. And these 15 families were families of uh, young mothers, single mothers, widows, and even the elderly. And any time I would, uh, uh, I would relocate, or rather I would profile this case after their cases, I will also go back to my media, uh, to my social media, and thank Kenyans for the for the, for, for what they had done. And uh, uh, we also received uh, 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 the, the donation. Now started even coming beyond the Kenyan boundaries across all all over the country. And through that, because uh, uh, by that time the Kenyan media was not. Uh, 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 was not uh, like uh, uh, giving out the real stories that were on the ground. So I became an alternative a voice. I became an alternative media to show uh, the impact of these uh, of the evictions. So after that, I don't know what happened or, or, or the motive of the people who started threatening me. Uh, 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 telling they, they wrote uh, they wrote a message. And uh, they said that if I don't uh, if I don't pull down all those uh, clips and pictures about the evictions, uh, that um, uh, the uh, that they are going to disappear me. And the person had introduced himself as a police officer stationed at uh, one of the one of the uh, local police stations. And have you reported these threats to the local authorities? Yes. Uh, but at first, when I went to the local police station, uh, they were not cooperative, and uh, they downplayed my my complaint. And uh, when I went back to uh, to consult with my with with my other colleagues, and uh, people said that it is important uh, for my complaint to be recorded in, uh, in 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 the occurrence book. So the second time that I was going there, they cooperated. And they recorded it, but uh, but after the, after that, uh, I was able to go to uh, the director of criminal investigation and also launched a complaint there. And I've been able to uh, to uh, to uh, to report uh, the same to uh, to um, investigative authorities, and uh, they have said that they are taking my matter seriously and they will be investigating whoever uh, sent me that message and uh, what his motive was. So they're investigating the incident with some sort of urgency and taking your complaint seriously. That's what they say, yes. You said a message came from someone claiming to be a police officer. Has it been verified that this was in fact a police officer? Not yet. At the moment, uh, they haven't uh, verified that that's what they are, they are They're saying, that they are investigating to to verify whether uh, really it was a police officer who sent me that uh, message.
What impact did this have on you? Has it deterred you in any from continuing to advocate for the people in your community? Yes and no, because um, at first when I received that uh, the, uh, that uh, the, that SMS, um, honestly I was I was frightened. I was I started even shaking because I didn't know who I was dealing uh, with, and uh, at that moment I. I <laughs> In fact, I, I became even afraid to talk about anything about uh, Kariobangi. But also remembering the, uh, the remembering the ordeal uh, that uh, women are going uh, through in uh, Kariobangi, uh, then um, it made me have a reason uh, to even advocate more. And also the solidarity that I have uh, received uh, also from uh, uh, my uh, my uh, human rights activists, uh, grassroots human rights activists, and uh, 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 national civil society, and also even the international solidarity that I have received, I can tell you that it has even made me uh, to become more even courageous to follow up on this matter and see that uh, these women get justice. Is this the first time that you've received uh, threats of this nature? No, 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 no. In fact, I even have uh, lost uh, count because uh, uh, being a human rights defender usually comes uh, with good and the bad. And in fact, sometimes when you think that you are doing good to the society, there are people who are perceive or rather look at you in another angle. And I have, uh, I remember I have even been forced to leave um, out of the country to go uh, uh, overseas because of uh, uh, the time I felt that my life was in real danger because of uh, exposing and uh, talking about extrajudicial killings that were happening uh, to uh, towards uh, young young men in Madare, uh, which is uh, one of the largest slums in uh, in Nairobi, or rather Kenya. Uh, so I've always been, I've also been also been um, uh, charged uh, with malicious charges for advocating for uh, reproductive rights of uh, women. I've, I think I've faced it rough, but I, I've also, I, I also celebrate the milestones that I have made as a human rights activist, a grassroots human rights activist, seeing even those uh, little changes that I've been able to impact on my community and also on uh, women, it gives me more, uh, more, 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 more courage, more inspiration to continue doing this work, even though it's a dangerous path, it's a dangerous uh, 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 field to be in. In the past, where have these uh, threats come from? Is it from the government or people on behalf of the government? In the past, it has uh, come from uh, the sympathizers of the of the of the system, and also even uh, uh, to people who purport to be uh, to be uh, to be police officers. Because I remember, like in 2017, I was profiled, and uh, my name was put into 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 a police website. As uh, as uh, uh, they had profiled me as a as a, as a criminal, as a gangster who is recruiting these uh, young men into crime and uh, masquerading to be a human rights activist. And that I remember when they were profiling me um, uh, as a gangster, I was outside the country. I was participating in um, 
in, 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 in an international uh, conference uh, for human rights defender at the Qatar Center. And this had come, uh, uh, this threat had come shortly when I had lost my brother, uh, my, uh, my, my, my brother through extrajudicial killing. And then after they've, they've killed my brother, then they are profiling me. So at that time, I saw my world was crumbling. And I remember uh, uh, seated at, at the conference, I became emotional and I broke down. Until the time the president of the US, uh, the former president of the US, Jimmy Carter, asked what was happening and he was told about uh, my, my, my case. And he wanted to know how he can be of uh, help. And I can tell you, Reggie, uh, today I'm alive because of, uh, of, of uh, uh, former president of the US, Jimmy Carter, because was it not, because uh, when I took a photo uh, with the president, with the former president of the US. And I also shared on the same platform that they had used. They had to pull down uh, the video that they were, they had uh, made about me, about and uh, profiling me as a gangster. So their narrative couldn't uh, fit because being a, gang, a gangster and then I'm able to meet uh, such high profile and uh, high profile people and being a president of the US, you can't relate with a gangster. So for that, uh, for that, uh, in that incident, um, my life was, was spared. <laughs> Has everyone ever been arrested for threats against you? Um, how have the previous uh, threats, um, what was the outcome of them? <laughs> well, uh, they usually say that they are investigating, they are investigating, and the investigation may take even forever. And that's, that's the trend. They, uh, they, they intimidate you, they, they, they send serious messages to you, they target you, they profile you, but when you report, they say they will, they will investigate. Investigation that never comes to a close. What are the next steps and what would you like to see happen? Uh, my next step is because uh, it's to see that uh, this uh, community, the Karubangi people, and especially women, because they dealt with very emotional cases. Uh, uh, um, I saw pregnant women uh, uh, being uh, uh, manhandled, and uh, some almost even lost their pregnancy. Their pregnancy. And in fact, today I had uh, had gone to check one of the of the of the of the of the, of the victims that uh, uh, a woman who was seven months pregnant. I had gone to take her to uh, to the hospital because uh, she she was bleeding and she has she is eight months pregnant. And uh, uh, the doctor told us that uh, even the baby is de depre depressed because of the of the of the situation that the mother went through. So seeing such horrific cases. Uh, gives me it. Uh, I can't. I can just see, sit and and watch when justice is being aborted. I want to uh, to to uh, to continue organizing this community so that they can demand justice from uh, the government. Even though I want to take a back seat, but I, but I want to organize them and uh, to see that uh, justice is done uh, to uh, to them. Well, Ruth, I want to thank you for sharing your experiences with us today. And we hope that in your quest for justice for the Karabungi people, that you remain safe.
and thank you again. In assessing the issues in this case, we look at the forced evictions of the poor and vulnerable uh, citizens in this case. We see that the Ministry of Land has specific guidelines that prohibit the exact actions that were taken in this case. A local activist trying to advocate for social justice is threatened. This threat comes to delegitimize the complaints that are being raised. And this is a thread that goes through many human rights violations. Last week we talked about Ahmad Arbery who was killed in Brunswick, Georgia. In a letter to his bosses, District Attorney Barnhill referred to people protesting as rabble-rousers and then gave a short history of the criminal um, proceedings against Ahmad Arbery's family members. Again, this is intended to delegitimize any complaints that they have about the ongoing um, issue. In countries where institutions are fairly weak, the authorities, agents, agents of the state or proxies can make threats, real threats, that can be carried out with impunity. In places such as the U.S. where institutions are more robust, we find these sorts of um, letters or these sorts of reasonings um, to, again, delegitimize or nullify complaints of citizens. The resulting effect is the same, that we ignore violations of human rights by discrediting those that bring complaints. And so again, we ask, what makes words on a paper a reality? It's people like Ruth Mumbi, protesters, members of the community who seek justice no matter the cost. And thank you listeners for joining us at Human Rights Matters, where we discuss matters of human rights because your rights matter.